Hello, Pastor Deborah here again, and this is class or course two of the King's International Spiritual Care University. We are in the section called Basic. All of these courses and classes, videos, that I'm going to be presenting to you is sort of very basic foundational things for you to consider, to research on for yourself, to learn about, and then come to your own decision about what do I believe. Since we're talking about spiritual care, we're talking about learning about how to help our forever person who lives in a realm, a lot of people call the spiritual realm. It's unseen. It is in this body of dirt. And it is here on planet Earth. Now, when I began this back in 1995, I was just coming out of a profession, a mindset, a belief, concepts, ideas, statistics of how to help people, which we looked at on video one, that you first have to know, discover, realize that you have a deep, divine purpose for being here in this world at this time. I had to learn that I was called to help people. Now, in the first tape, the first video, first course, you heard about how I got started in that as a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida and who was nationally certified clinical mental health counselor and I was proceeding with that purpose that I knew I had to help people. I got my licensure, got my malpractice insurance, got employed in different places, also went into private practice, learned the insurance business, learned about the employee assistance programs, Learned about self-pay, learned about bookkeeping, accounting, uh, record-keeping, note-taking. Learned a lot about how people are evaluated for, say, Social Security disability, uh, how they are tested to see if they have any mental health disorders, Worked with people who were suicidal in psychiatric hospitals. Worked with people who had multiple personalities, uh, who had severe depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, childhood abuse. And at the same time, I was volunteering with hospice, learning how to go through the dying process. Uh, volunteering with children's areas and, at the same time, being a member of a Christian denomination, going to the churches 
learning how whatever classes they had on anything I took. And so I was growing and learning. And then in 19, about 95, my deep inner calling through the voice of the one who gave it to me, call it a higher power, God the Most High, the creator of the universe, had helped me to put down all of that way of thinking, believing, understanding all the concepts of how to help people from that world and learn how to help people his way. Now, I did not know at the time that what all that meant, but these classes that I'm going to introduce you to is going to be sort of scratching the surface on all of my learning, my training, my testing, uh, my personal uh, experiences to show you if you are going to help people either in the world's way, mental health, social work, psychiatry, psychology, nursing, case management. That takes a lot of information, a lot of training, supervision, a lot of continuing education, a lot of conferences, a lot of certificates, lots and lots of training just to help people that way. So I knew it was going to take a lot to learn how to help people in a different way. So where I began was first I recognized I had concepts, beliefs. I had foundations in me from the world of helping people. I had pursued them, was licensed by them. I had worked in that field, and that's okay. Some people are called and purposed to do that, and they do it well, and they do it professionally, and they help people. Nothing wrong with that. And so we need those people out there, just like I was, helping people. Now, why did I get called to go into a deeper level? Was that, why, was that why I was born? I guess so. But when I was asked to put down one way of thinking, believing, understanding, learning and helping people from one way, and learn another way, I was immediately challenged on what do I believe. I was going into some very deep subject matters. And all of us will do that. And you will be challenged in what you believe, your concepts. You might even come up directly against your faith, uh, the concepts, the doctrines of the faith that you are involved with, that you believe in. It doesn't matter if it's uh, from the Jewish perspective, the Islamic perspective, the Shika 
perspective, the Hindu perspective, the agnostic perspective, the atheist perspective, the Catholic perspective, the Protestant perspective. It does not matter. You will be challenged if you choose to help people in a different way. My story is I was a member at this time of an Assembly of God church. I had been a member of a Lutheran church and before that Southern Baptist. And when I was a young child, when we were in living on military bases, you went to the church on the base. And the Catholics would have a service at one time. The Jewish would have it at another time. The Islamic would have it at another time. And the Protestants would have it. You never knew the denomination of the Protestant preacher. You just went. So I grew up sort of non-denominational. And I get out. My father retired and I, we stepped off the military base into the community, which I grew up but never really knowing how to be a community member, uh, never really fit, uh, because the community was more thinking of just their little portion where I had been raised in an officer's family that thought globally internationally I had international military officers in our home for social events in my masters uh, with Choice State University I was in the class with all men who were at Maxwell Air Force Base taking a nine-month program that my father was teaching in at the Allied Instructor School I was with military officers from all around the world who were going to be instructors. And one of my earliest stories is having people from Greece, Ethiopia, Saudi Arabia, uh, Vietnam. This was during the Vietnam War. Actually, this is a strange story. I took, personally, the second-in-command of the Vietnamese army that we were helping during the Vietnam War. He was a number two general. He'd come to America to take classes. He'd come to our home, and there was always social parties. Being an officer's daughter, you had to learn how to go to the officer's club. You always had to know how to dress and talk to international people. You always had uh, them in your home, and you talked. So this one guy who was second in command in the South Vietnamese military I took him in my car down to the beach. I have had international relations with people from the world in the military, our allies and partners, in trying to help people be free. So I grew up sort of on base, uh, just going to a church service, not knowing anything. So when he retired and we moved into the community, I felt really awkward, only comfortable with military what they call brats at the time. I used to be very, uh, when we'd go to, moved every couple of years, 
I loved it. I had no trouble with it. My brother had lots of trouble with it. We would go into the public schools. <clears throat> uh, I used to go when I was oh, till about the fifth grade, I believe. All my schooling, my life was on a military base. Went to the hospitals on the military base. Had my gyms. Went to the movies. Went to the library. Um, went to school. So when I stepped out, when you went into public school, if you were military, they always asked how many military kids were there. You raised your hand. They gave you a blue card or a green card that you filled out. But they would report to the government. <clears throat> so I was always different. Never really a part of uh, a local community. Didn't really grow up. One of the strangest stories. Being in the military, you learn global, international things. And I remember when it came out in the fifth grade off the military base. They were studying the Civil War. Didn't even know what it was. Didn't know the colors of the different armies. Because in the military, that was not a global thing. American Civil War. We were focused on communism. World War II, Korea. We were focused on military jets, uh, bombers, uh, airplanes, tanks, uh, training up young officers to be military people uh, to travel the world. So my early education was, I don't know, limited or something. But it is what gives me a lot of my huspa, whatever you want to call it, my courage, my ability to be disciplined now that I'm in a global war against an unseen enemy. So, <clears throat> excuse me, when I went to this particular denomination of the Protestant belief and Assembly of God, their positions of their doctrines was one, that Christians who believe in this Jesus Christ as the son of the living God could not have any demonic spirits, evil spirits, inside of this system. They believe that uh, this was a system of light now and darkness could not be in there. And, of course, at the time prior to that, I knew nothing of this, quote, demonic world. Even though I had read the Bible since I was three or four years old, I'm sure I read it. No discussion, no topics. So you really, you read it, but you don't read it. You don't hear it. You don't, nothing. So <clears throat> once I put down my mental health license, and I picked this up about learning how to help people in a different way. And as on tape one, I told you, went through all the Sunday school classes of the church, trying to find where I belonged. I wanted to learn. I needed to learn. And I found that class where a lady was teaching on spiritual warfare, spiritual deliverance. She was teaching out of the book I explained to you called Strong Man. What's his name? What is his game? By the Robertsons. The Robertsons had been Assembly of God ministers down in Costa Rica uh, for about 20 or 30 years. 
And down there they had run into some very spiritual enemies. And they had encountered this unseen realm. And many different things in it. So they wrote this book. And they asked the assemblies if they would help them publish it. But because the assemblies' official position doctrine did not believe that especially Western Protestant Christians of this could have these, this was not truth. This was erroneous. And many, many people that I studied later had no training in it, your Assembly of God ministers. Some people believed, who are still preaching now, that there was this real grand river. And these things, if they were real, that were in Costa Rica, they could not cross the real grand river. They couldn't come into America. Other people that I learned believed that this realm, this world, these things that the Robertsons had talked about, which we'll go into maybe in another video, <clears throat> were not really what they would call fallen angels from a long ago kingdom. They were actually human spirits of people who had died before there was even the first humans on the planet and before there was anything. A, they call it a pre-Adamic race of people. And they believed that those people died and that what was down here in this unseen world harassing people, tormenting people, speaking to people, showing up, doing some weird stuff. Was this pre, were this, <clears throat> excuse me, it's kind of early in the morning for me, but I'm trying to get a lot of taping done. Was a pre-edemic race of people, of humans, that had died, but went extinct, but their human spirits never left the planet. And they are roaming around down here, trying to get back into a human body. Because they don't have one anymore. So I ran into that. And boy, was I confused. Now remember, I'm coming in, wanting to help people the Lord's way. Now the Lord knew what my concepts were, what I had been taught, what I believed in. <clears throat> Excuse me again. And he knew where I had to start. You always are going to start when you are going to help people from a spiritual care way. And you're going to have to ask yourself a question. What do I believe? So when I decided to pursue this schooling, of helping people in a different way. I found it where I began in this Sunday school class with this book. Now in the book we will go through it and we'll go through the 16 or 17 different strong men. We'll talk about them because this was my very early beginning.
I was trying, I would read this about, we'll use the first one. There's something in there called the spirit of fear. And the Robertsons took all of this out of the Christian Bible. So I went and looked up the scripture. I went and looked up the word in a dictionary. I still use it today. Of what the word spirit meant. What the word fear meant. Then I went and looked up every scripture, every saying from the concordance of spirit. Every scripture. Then I went and looked up every scripture that had the word fear in it. And I wrote them down in notebooks. And then if there were, I would get on YouTube and type it in. And see if there was a, a pastor, a preacher, a teacher, somebody teaching on it. I would go to Christian bookstores or just Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. And I would look for books. I needed to hear information, true stories. Gathering, gathering data, gathering information. Okay? So I'm just doing this privately on my own. I'm not talking to anybody. Just reading, researching, looking up words, watching sermons, watching things on YouTube, watching movies. Looking for true stories about this. There's some excellent ones out there. Um, of course, we all know about um I can't remember. Oh, goodness. About deliverance. About demonic spirits. There's one about Emily Rose, where uh, a Catholic priest studied the Catholic uh, Church's uh, beliefs about this. They have what you call exorcist. I used to watch a guy named Bob Larson on TV. I think he's still out there. I would use, I would go and study what the Catholics believed about it. I'd studied history. <clears throat> you went back to the Egyptians. And into every, even in Islamic, they believed in them. I learned they were called jinns. J, I think it's J-I-N, which we get genies from. The Egyptians believed in demonics in the underworld. So I studied. I studied history. I looked up the Catholic Exorcist. I looked, oh, that was the name of the movie. Uh, I went to the YouTube and looked up the real story of that. Uh, I looked at, there's another one called The Last Rites, true story about some exorcists over in Rome, and how one young guy didn't believe in it, and how God had to help him to show that this stuff was real. Plenty of true stories. Denzel Washington actually did a movie called The Fallen about this. So I was bombarding myself with not only YouTube, history, uh, different beliefs, different uh, faith about what they believe this is. I'm studying the Christian, the Catholic beliefs in this, reading true stories. I'm looking at movies. Okay, I'm getting every kind of information in. Remember, I'm in a denomination at that time that did not believe that 
if you were a Christian, you could not have these on the inside of you. They were not your problem. They had a statement that they couldn't cross your belief in Jesus. So I'm in this class. I'm listening to this lady teach. She was called the Deliverance Coordinator. She had a team in this church. She's teaching out of this book. So, of course, I go get the book. And I start reading it. And then I look up in the Christian Bible. The King James authorizes what I use. The scriptures that this book was referencing. And if I didn't know what a word meant, I looked in the dictionary. And I got to a strange place. And the place was, she's teaching this from some Assembly of God people. Their book is saying this stuff is real. I cross-referenced it in the concordance and in the Bible. It's there. I cross-referenced it with other faiths. They seem to believe in it. Cross-referenced it with an ancient civilization. They believed in it. And I came to a dilemma. I had to figure out what do I believe? I eventually, which I'll tell you, I got on that team of deliverance, and they called it the personal ministry team, and proceeded to be what you would call in the Catholicism an exorcist. Now, the only people we did that on were Christians. So now I have a dilemma. I'm in a denomination that doesn't believe Christians can have them. But the only people we are ministering to are Christians who have them. Now, there was a dance going on. The denomination didn't want to say that they had them. So they wouldn't call them the D word, demonics, devils, demonic. They had some leftover stuff, some trespassers. That's what they called So I had to quietly, on my own, after I gathered all this information, I had to decide, what do I believe? What is this higher power, this God, trying to get me to understand, trying to get me to about what I believe. Not what the denomination was telling me. Not all the fancy footwork and the dancing around the world. Did you know why first, when I used to go in that denomination, and I was on the team, I was responsible for the sanctuary when they had had meetings. I got in trouble a lot. Because people would show up from all over the world on a Friday or Saturday night. I loved it. It's very good in the sanctuary. I worked by myself. And I said the D word. What? You don't know what the D word is? I said the word you have a demon. A devil. Oh, I got in trouble. Got called into the office. Got called into by my coordinator. Or how dare I say that word? That a Christian... Or anybody in the service could have one of those things in them. Well, 
I was operating, which I didn't know anything about, out of the spiritual gift of discerning of spirits and words of knowledge. And I knew. And I told this coordinator, I said, I didn't know I was supposed to not say it. That's what the class is about. That's what we're studying. And I had no training from the coordinator not to say the word. When you are around unbelievers in Jesus Christ, Islamic, Hindu, Buddhist, they may not even, or other Christian denominations or Catholic, they may not believe in these things. And I was confronting their belief, and I got in trouble. So I had to learn to say, not to say the word. Because we had cameras, international people were coming, and they didn't want me to mess up and bring any kind of reproach. I had to dress appropriately. Couldn't say certain words. So I had to learn, and here's what I did. I studied I gathered information. (coughs) Excuse me. It is in the morning. My sinuses are giving me trouble. I gathered information. Gathered. By myself. I didn't talk to anybody. Because this is a hot topic out there. doesn't matter. It's a very hot topic. Because what has happened, especially in Western Faith-based groups. Science and technology has come in. And you will hear, it is not a spiritual problem. It is just genetics, biological. And I learned here recently how that came in. It came in through the age of reasoning. That rational, reasoning, intelligent believers, people, did not believe in this unseen realm. That was left for the uneducated, the backwoods people, the people who were superstitious, people of other nations that were not science-oriented, that were not rational, that were not intelligent, that were stuck in some kind of superstition. But for... The westernized, rational people, the ones that came through through Europe in the age of reasoning, when science came in, this belief went out the door. So here I am. I'm challenged. I know I'm called to help people in this spiritual way. And I discovered... That there were some things there that I knew nothing about. Had no teaching on, no knowledge. And the leadership in that denomination didn't believe that a Christian could have them. But those were the only people we were doing ministry on privately in another building. We're believers. So boy, did that bring confusion. So I had to privately, within myself, decide, what do I believe? Based on all my research, reading lots of books, watching lots of videos, 
looking up things in dictionaries, concordance, watching things again, reading, studying what other people in the ministry, looking at many websites of reputable people. What did I believe about this? Because I was the one that had to have a total change of belief concepts, ideas. I had to go from a reasoning, rational, mental health, scientific way of thinking to a different level. I had to, what did I believe? It came down to my personal concepts and beliefs about this stuff. Was this spirit realm real? Were there real angels in it? Was there real demonic spiritual enemies in it? Was this a real place here on planet Earth? Was it involved in humanity's lives, world events? Was it real? I had to first come and challenge myself. I had no discussion groups with anybody. I didn't call somebody, even on the team. Hey, what do you think about this? I didn't do that. I stayed to myself. I looked up and used concordances, Bibles, YouTube, bibliographies, ancient histories, uh, books from people that from way, way back, early days of civilization, looked at, studied the Catholic Church, thank you very much, even though they're messed up in other areas, at least they believe in it. I studied that. And eventually I had to come to my own conclusion. What did I believe? Because I couldn't go any further in helping people this new way until I had a solid foundation of what I believe. didn't matter what the denomination said, the leadership said, the coordinator of the group said, other people on the group, what they called it, how they explained it, what history said about it. It didn't matter. I had to make some decisions for myself. I could not move forward in education, in learning, in growing, till I first conquered what I believed the truth was. I figured out that this was the area from that strongman book that I knew I was to be in that Sunday school class. This was the area I was going to be studying. And I had to first find out what did I believe for myself. Because if I did not believe that this was the way and it was true, then I couldn't study. It would mean nothing to me. I would be vacillating between two worlds, belief and unbelief. I had to learn who do I believe? Do I believe a 
Protestant denomination position papers who have well-meaning. Do I believe the coordinator that this is just leftover stuff? It's not demonic or evil. But in our sessions, privately in another room, <clears throat> that was a part of it. We were casting out things. But the dance was, they're not demonic spirits. That stuff is not real because Christians can't have them. And I'm sure every faith-based group, every religion has the same thing. If you believe in this, you can't have that. Because if you believe in this, you can't do this. But I was faced with it. They're saying one thing, promoting one viewpoint, but behind the scenes, we were definitely being exorcist, casting out. And we were calling out the names of these spirits from the strong man. But out in public and even among ourselves, <clears throat> Christians could not have these. Now, boy, was I confused. And the, the coordinator was so afraid to go against um, any of the doctrines, position papers, of that particular denomination. Here were the rules. If you happen to be on this team, which was very small, and you got invited to go speak at another church about it, you would have to resign from the team. Because she was the only one who was allowed to go and talk about this. The reason is <clears throat> she didn't want any of the team members saying anything that would cause any troubles to the position of the denomination we were in. Because this was a delicate matter. Christians can't have them, but we're casting them out. But we don't call them the D word. They're just trespassers. Just some stuff left over. But they have names because we're calling them out. The Antichrist spirit. Spirit to bondage. So can you see I was in this dilemma. I'm hearing one thing from the coordinator. The uh, denomination. But I'm reading a book that she's teaching. They're using the word spirit. But they're saying Christians can't have them. They're not real. They lost all their power. But we're casting them out of people. And I'm sitting here going, oh. So, I took it upon myself to do my research. Do my reading. Learn. Explore. Discover. Rediscover. And I brought in many different sources. Because I, personally, had to know what did I believe. Doesn't matter what they said. Doesn't matter what they're teaching me. From all the evidence, from all of the sources. And then what I do, I just go into prayer and I would say, okay, I've looked at this book. I've watched that movie. I've checked this ministry out. Now what's the truth? What am I dealing with? Is this where I'm supposed to be studying? Is this real? Does this exist? But yet I've got authority figures telling me it doesn't. It's not real. It's not what 
the Bible says it is. Uh, we don't have to do that anymore. But I'm doing it. So I was caught in this whirlwind of confusion. So I quietly and privately did my research. And I prayed. Did more research. And eventually I came to the conclusion that what did I believe was true? And it came to be that there is a world and a realm in the spirit that is real. It's here on planet Earth. It can be inside of a person. It is affecting everything. Wait, I'll tell you some more stories about things. And they, this world had good things in it. We'll call them angels, good angels, wonderful angels, good blessings. Some people call them energies, forces, good things. And it had some bad stuff in it. And there was a lot of different terms for it. And these two, good and bad, were here. And they could be inside a person. And the person not even know it. So once I got to that point of what do I believe? And I didn't feel, I didn't discuss it with anybody. I didn't sit down and offend anybody. I didn't challenge anybody. Of course, there wasn't a lot of this Facebook and all this LinkedIn stuff. But I didn't challenge anybody. I said nothing, even to the people on the team. I just kept my mouth shut and studied. And I had to come to my own personal belief. What did I believe? What did the, the Bible back up? What did history back up? What did the Catholic Church back up? What did ancient civilizations back up? What was the truth that I believed? And then from that position, I could proceed in learning. But until you come to that for yourself, and you do major research, and you study and you ask yourself, what is it that I believe about spiritual care? Is the spirit world real? Is there a real spirit for every person inside of a human? Can that person be affected? By mental health, by abuse, early childhood trauma. Can it be affected by spiritual things? Is it affected? Is that person the one that has, that leaves its body in a near death experience that we hear about? The ones that say they go on up through a tunnel and they go up and see their family up in heaven, but they come back. Is that the realm we're in? Is it the realm where most people believe the Bibles, the Korans, the, the words from these prophets of God come from? Even Muhammad said he saw an angel, a being not of this world. Is that real? Are those words in the Quran the words from a spiritual realm? To guide us spiritually for the forever person. 
What about the Catholics? They have been believing in this realm since day one. And they've had exorcists to exorcise, cast out these spirits that get inside of people. Is that true? Is that a true fact? If you go study the movie, it's a great movie, called The Last Rite, R-I-T-E. It's about a, a young man whose mom died. He becomes a Catholic priest. Doesn't believe in this stuff. Goes over to Rome to study. And the classes they had on exorcism, it's excellent. Very professional, uh, university-level thing. They show pictures. And he still didn't believe. So they put him with a priest there in uh, Rome who was working sort of, I'll call it the community level, and dealing with this. Still didn't believe. And eventually happened this priest uh, got in some trouble himself and the spirit inside of him actually challenged the young priest to his belief. Did he believe in this world? Some of us are going to be challenged by the other side to even if you believe it. You're going to look at world events and you're going to say, this is evil. What is behind this? What is going on? And yet your mind doesn't believe in it. It's so rational, scientific. You have been told that all of these problems... Or what? Mental health? Well, how do you explain somebody, a dictator? Has he got a mental health problem? How do you explain when they talk about secret societies? What are they talking about? What are the witches? The occult? Tarot card readings? Palm readers? Psychics? That are helping the police? Find people? What realm are they in? Okay, Satanism is a legal religion. But they're worshipping Satan. Well, who is Satan? Is he a god? Is he a spiritual being? Until you come to your own decision on what do I believe about this whole thing of spirituality Spirit, spiritual care, the spiritual realm, the forever person, you can't learn. So that's where I was. I kept going to the Sunday school class, reading the book, reading the Bible, studying, watching YouTube videos, buying movies at Walmart to watch that were true stories. A lot of your science fiction movies. The excellent one with Denzel Washington, The Fallen. At least he's talking about it. He's a Christian man. Do you think he goes and makes a movie about evil spirits? He's trying to help you to learn through his movie making. Excellent movie, The Fallen with Denzel Washington. We see it in fairy tales, fairy godmothers, evil wicked witches. We see it everywhere. 
the Lord of the Rings. Superheroes. There's a realm out there. We also have this belief in us that we want to believe that we are like Superman. We're from another planet. And when we get here, we have a good heart, but we're indestructible. But we sort of have to keep our identity concealed. That's why we love the superheroes. But they got some super duper powers. Some of them like the Fantastic Four from somewhere. And yet we don't think it's real. Because then the other part of society is telling us your problems, problems in society. Okay? They don't know what causes dictators. They don't know what causes tyranny. Why do people want to throw any god out of a government? Why do people want to control their citizens? And then when the citizens want some kind of freedom, they're willing to beat them up with their military. Is that a spiritual issue? How did those dictators get like that? Is that a mental health issue? Are they having a mental health breakdown? How do we explain substance abuse? So we have many, many different ways of trying to explain humanity and its problems. I just learned, and I had to put set one set of beliefs down. Now I'd still pick use them because they are valid, and they are still here. The physical body gets out of control. The mental and the emotions get out of control. We have a mess. But there was this one other level I knew nothing about. Didn't know the rules about it. Didn't know anything about its existence, what's in it, how it works, how it relates to me, how it relates to earth. I had to go to study. But the first place I had to begin was what do I, myself, believe? So that's why I want to start tape, videotape two, course two. Begin to look. What do you believe about spiritual care? About this realm? And I hope you take your time and explore it. Uh, you can email me at Pastor Deborah at org. I'm on LinkedIn. I have a full website at here. Org. That's where I began. And it was very hard, very lonely, because I couldn't talk to anybody. Didn't want to offend anybody. Didn't want to openly challenge them. I just studied, and inside of me, started making some changes. That's all I did. And I just learned. And I used many, many different sources many wonderful ministries and books and true stories. I think I said on another one, there's people that have been in these realms. They've come out and they've talked about it. Joanna Michelson, Lambs to Slaughter, Rebecca Brown, the strong man, what's his name, Pigs in the Parlor. A lot of excellent books. There's a lot of true stories. One that really helped me to understand it was called Michelle Remembers. Excellent. 
Then there's another one that deals a lot with this called Suffer the Child. It's the one that a lot of your uh, psychiatric people will read, but they ain't going to talk to you about it. And then there's a lot of true stories about people growing up in witchcraft, the occult, uh, and seeing that side of it. And they're out there. They're out on the Internet. You type it in. You'll find ministries, articles. You'll have discussions about it. There's true stories. The Catholic Church believes in it. No, they don't make, you know, big deal out of it. They just teach a certain uh, priest. And they have them around the country. And they're called exorcists. Okay. In the Protestant church, they're called deliverance ministers or personal ministries. In others, they might be uh, called different things. Um, some of them are getting into spiritual names. Okay. But they're there. And it depends on how you talk about it and you present yourself and the language you use on whether it is, seems to be an acceptable thing. Because you can't get way off. Back in the 1980s in America, this deliverance sort of stuff got way off. And what happens is when the spiritual enemy thinks you're getting too close to truth, and he'll make it, some of us get weird. So people will think it's a weird thing and it's not true. And you'll, you'll, you'll back off and you will not deal with this. And you will not see this as a problem, a source, and you'll return to your belief that this is just mental health, substance abuse. We don't know. It is evil, but we don't know what causes it. Uh, we, we know there's something wrong, but we don't know. It must be a mental health problem. And that's where he wants you to stay. So if you get too close, you'll get threatened. You'll feel pressure to return back there. And you'll get in trouble. You have to learn how the language, what to use, what not to use. So you can stand before peoples and kings and nations and governments and talk. Whether it's an Islamic kingdom, Hindu kingdom, a kingdom like China that has no king, no god. Whether it's a little village, whether it's this denomination, that denomination. A lot to learn. You have to learn about uh, the forever person, the spiritual gifts it uses, what happens. A lot to learn. But this one, ask yourself, what do I believe about spiritual care, helping people, and this realm that I can't see called the spiritual? And once you sort of start going there, and you're looking and you're researching and rediscovering. And you take time. Don't rush. Take time to ponder, think, pray, go back over it again. Because it doesn't matter if you ask anybody. It's what you, yourself. There's a war we going on. When new things are trying to come in. And you're trying to have new beliefs. You cannot help people in this realm. Do you do that? So enjoy. Take your time. Learn, study, grow. Find out what do you believe. 
Learn what you believe is true now. Could this other be true? Are you in a system that doesn't believe in it, but you're starting to believe in it? I stayed in the denomination, even though they were over here and I was over there. I stayed on the team. Got real bad. Prayed to get off of it. I had to sit with it and these people for two, three years. So I just kept my mouth shut. I learned. I studied. I grew. I did not offend anybody. Did not challenge anybody. But I was privately being taught, growing and learning. Sometimes that's what you'll do. You'll stay right where you are. You won't say anything to anybody. Maybe, maybe if you want to. And you'll grow and learn. So, basic question two. What do I believe about this? Ask yourself, be honest, and go find out. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah. I'll leave it up. You can make a note. I'll see you next time.